between my legs, between my legs, go. The squirrel was like running between the legs and then try and flip the squirrel. Somatic sexologist Morgan Penn is back with Hayley Sproul for a new season of Sex.Life. So more and more little pets started appearing and some horses for the pony play. Sex.Life, a new episode every Wednesday. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Wild Secrets. And welcome to the BYC live from the Export Bear Garden Studios and sunny Hamilton, where day two of the second test between New Zealand and South Africa has wrapped up. As you may be able to tell, we're down to just one third of the core BYC trio with Jason Hoyt unavailable and Paul Ford tweaking his larynx in all the excitement of yesterday's play. But I'm still Dylan Cleaver, I'm still CEO of The Bounce, and I am no one man band. Well, I have with me tonight the non-pareil, the inimitable Andrew Alderson of Newstalk ZB and New Zealand Herald fame. To quickly recap, though, South Africa bowled out for 242 this morning after starting the day 220 for six. Debut on Willow Rourke, the best of the bowlers, with four for 59, and Ryan Deswart scored 64. New Zealand replied with, I'd suggest, a barely tepid 211 with Kane Williamson's 43, the top score. Alders, weird old day. Just how much pop are New Zealand in? I suggest it's probably quite a lot at the moment. I think it's, um, I don't know, maybe ankle deep. I, I reckon that they can get out of this. A 31-run deficit is really tricky on a pitch that's going to deteriorate uh, from here on in. They're batting fourth on it. So ideally, you would have had some form of advantage. Um, but having said that, if they come out and bowl tightly and are able to really, I guess, hobble South Africa tomorrow in the third innings of the game and leave themselves with a reasonable, you know, say, sub-200 target uh, in the fourth innings, they'll stand a chance. I mean, I think the origins of it, though, are the tricky point because they've, they've left themselves with just – Rachin Ravindra and Glenn Phillips on the spin front, having dropped Mitchell Sander, whereas South Africa have stacked their attack with Dane Pete uh, and also uh, the league spinner Sean Von Berg. You know, and it, I think that's really been the key strategy play, tactical play uh, in the game so far that, that South Africa have done, have done such a great job of reading things. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. They've got their four, four prongs, you know, seam attack, which is is potentially uh, a problem. Yeah, this is what I, I want to dig into this. I mean, how did they misread the conditions so badly? I mean, what is the chain of command of both information um, when it comes to assessing conditions and subsequent selection? Because, I mean, it seems very obvious New Zealand have got their home conditions wrong. South Africa saw something and have got it right. Look, I think Gary Stead and Tim Southey will have to answer that uh, in due course. I'm pretty sure that's not chasing me, that fire truck or that police um, you know, car or anything like that in the background if you'll just excuse the noise for a moment uh, around the sirens roundabout here at Sirens Park. are the soundtrack to Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> Same as the basement, isn't it? Anyway, uh, with the ambulances, etc. Yeah, so I think that uh, that's going to be uh, a point of explanation uh, afterwards. I mean, 
unless something changes here dramatically and the pace bowlers are able to uh, you know whistle through the South African lineup tomorrow uh, yeah it's going to be it's going to be so tricky because there's this sort of the balance element and we saw it today with uh, Kane Williamson's dismissal uh, that was what he was uh, confused by with the uh, Dane Pete delivery Pete just absolutely elated to dismiss Kane Williamson he says he's the best batter in the world and he just uh yeah, it's going to be a memory for a lifetime, basically, on his way to five for 89. Yeah, he bowled superbly, but that was his highlight. And I just think that, uh, you know, variable bounces as the match goes on uh, and, and a pitch that's going to turn, uh, that's where the, the New Zealand are going to face questions in the aftermath. Yeah, um, look, I know the pitch is turning. It's very uh, New Zealand-like in that in that. Um Ace, but we've had a couple of them now. I know the turn at Mount Monganui was a lot slower and a lot more, I guess, kind of consistent than it has been at Seddon Park. But, but nevertheless, batters, batters seem to be, or good batters seem to be finding it easy enough to get a start on this. It's when they try and push things along that it seems to be when the struggle comes in. Is that a fair assessment? I think it is. I think it's just the patience factor. I mean, Williamson got a good ball, uh, but, you know, a case in point, probably Will Young, um, the worst example. I mean, he had 36 on the board. He was really starting to help New Zealand, you know, structure a recovery, if you like. Um, at one stage, they were 145 for three. Uh, Young, that was when they lost Ravindra. Uh, but Young was around uh, for a bit more um in that regard, um, and he'd set himself up, but then just played that shot down the ground to long on, lofted, and uh, and was dismissed. An excellent catch from Ryan the Swart uh, on the boundary, uh, and then yeah, they lost six wickets for for thirty eight runs. Yeah, the patience factor certainly wasn't there, and they lost a fair bit of momentum too with the you know with the dismissal of, of Blundell cheaply, Phillips as well. Uh, and all of a sudden you, you're into the tail. And as I say, if it hadn't been for that Wagner cameo, things could be a whole lot worse. Yeah, I'm wondering, again, I mean, uh, you go with four paces and we've already discussed how that, that does appear to be a mistake. Um, but you're also going with four paces who are all effectively number 10 batters. And I wonder if there was a little bit of a panic in that middle order that, jeepers, there's no one below us. We've got to score the runs. Uh, was that Could that have been a factor in, I guess, some of the, the more rash shots that we saw? Could have been, although I think you know patience does have you know is a virtue uh, in these situations at times, and and that's really what Latham and Williamson were doing early. I mean, we lost Conway, who's uh, that's another you know point of interest as, as to his form of late. Uh, but uh, yeah, Williamson and Latham they put on seventy four for that second wicket. Uh, Latham, you know, dismissed uh, you know the you know, another good ball from from Pete getting past the outside edge and getting to hit the stumps, you know, just uh, with him on the back foot, uh, but. I think that um, that was the that was the the, the main sort of uh, I guess strategy that they could employ was to put on yeah. those runs and it looked pretty solid there. But then of course then things uh, you know a few rash shots etc. and and things crumbled pretty quickly. Yeah, it was a shame actually because I was looking forward to Will Young after he, um, kind of I guess cashing in on that start because I mean he yeah. is a, he is a guy that needs a statement knock. That's that's what's missing from his test CV and this was. A big chance, and you know, um, I guess fans of Will Young now can only hope that there is a, a chase scenario in the fourth innings, and he sees it through this time. But we've got a—you did mention Latham before—some uh, valuable time at the crease for him. He will clearly feel that forty wasn't enough, um, but 
you know, at least it was a start and at least he looked to have some fluency. But we've got to pinpoint um, Devin Conway and perhaps someone who's gone, whose poor form's gone a little bit under the radar, actually, uh, which is Tom um, Blundell coming off a wretched tour of, of Bangladesh where clearly conditions didn't didn't suit him. But but nevertheless, has been in, in some some poor form for some time, actually. Uh, when does it stop being a blip? or a minor irritant, and when does it become a major issue given the quality of the um, test attack that's about to land on these shores? I was going to say you've got Messrs. Uh, Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood and Lyon about to line up here in test matches. It's not ideal timing, is it? And this is really a series. You know, it's great to see Latham get some runs. But you know, Conway could have also found himself uh, working his way back into some form. Uh, but that hasn't happened. I mean, Conway in particular, I mean, you mentioned about Blundell, you know, Conway 77 runs since that test series in Bangladesh at an average of 11. Uh, it's just so uncharacteristic of him. I mean, just whether it's a mental situation or whether it's something physical, you know, whether it's perhaps his vision or something like that, but it's it's uh, becoming a problem. And, uh, you know, we just, we're just not used to this from him. I suppose he's been so consistent previously in his career, but I, I wouldn't be dropping them for the Australian series for sure. I think they've got to persevere with a lineup that's, uh, you know, tried and true uh, to a large degree over a period of time. I suppose the current situation, you know, with, with Blundell, et cetera, in, in this particular test match, you haven't got Daryl Mitchell there, and I think it's probably underlining his value as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Just uh, an innings like today where they're dismissed for 211 because he really has been uh, some grit in that middle order for, for a substantial period of time now. Hey, so what are we looking at on day three? Um, are we expecting the pitch to continue to uh, turn? Is there any suggestion that maybe it's a kind of back-to-front pitch where it will flatten out a bit more later? What's the weather looking like? Um, it's been a stunning couple of days there. Um, yeah, generally, what are your thoughts for ahead for day three? Look, I think that uh, there's going to be nowhere to hide as far as I can see on the weather front. Uh, if the Met service is, uh, is true, uh, it looks like it's going to be uh, fine weather throughout. So you've got to get a result here, one would suspect. I don't know about that reverse pitch uh, scenario. I think it will just deteriorate more presumably, uh, given that it's, it's turning a touch already and, and we're seeing you know, the bowlers adapting well in the circumstances. So it's potentially quite a low-scoring test match um, and I think there'll be an element of psychology as well. I mean, if New Zealand are able to dismiss South Africa cheaply uh, in this third inning, so it really is quite a crucial phase of the game. Uh, and if they're able to do that and then be chasing, for argument's sake, less than 200 and, and Williamson can anchor in, uh, and, and I'm reluctant to say that because it means that you know, it puts so much pressure on Williamson at the moment that he is the, the pivot or the hinge to everything that New Zealand do. Uh, mm. And I don't think that's a healthy scenario. But uh, if someone's able to stay with them, you know, a couple of other players come back into form. Conway, Blundell, uh, you know, be good to have a, a top knock from Phillips as well at home. Uh, then that may well uh, change the uh, the fortunes of the game. But at this stage, um, South Africa on top for my mind uh, with that thirty-one run advantage, and really they can they are in charge of their destiny uh, on, on day three here at Seton Park uh, when the openers come out. Yeah, and I think uh, look, I should quickly add that. Um, I included 
Um, but many of us have been very dismissive of the quality of the South African team, um, probably with some justification too before they come out. But I guess a, a tip of the cap from me here, and and you're welcome to join me. And um, not so much that they've suddenly become a great team, but they've certainly showed that there's some ticker beating under that uh, sternum. Indeed, and I. To be fair to the Black Caps, I don't think that they've underestimated them. I think that they have. That's hard, though, isn't it? Because there's that there's that element of subconscious complacency that can creep in sometimes. But I really don't think that they've deliberately underestimated this side. I think it's more of a public perception. It's more, I suppose, in the media as well. We've got to take some culpability for that. Uh, in that. And I think it probably shows the strength of the South African first-class system. And yes, they were, some of them were daunted uh, in that first test, I think, uh, and with Williamson in such a top form. But uh, with Williamson dismissed relatively cheaply today, it's and you know, Ravindra as well, who had uh, that great knock of 240 in the opening test, I think it's really brought some parity uh, to the contest. And uh, the South Africans have, have thought tactically well, as we've been mentioning. And perhaps, uh, yeah, we're going to see a real thriller here as New Zealand's still seeking uh, that first Test Series victory against South Africa in 17 attempts, and I'm just fascinated to see if they can pull it off. I mean, they only need a draw, but I, I don't think there's going to be a draw here. No, I, th- I think you're right, Orders, and thank you very much for joining the BYC for this uh, special edition of the show. Um, go well tomorrow, and, um, yeah, we'll look forward to chatting uh, same time tomorrow night, eh? How about it? Absolutely. Thank you, Dylan. Always a pleasure to be on the BYC, and uh, yeah, especially when you're occasions like this where you know, the thrill of Test cricket uh, never ceases, does it? It doesn't. Thanks again, Alders, and um, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll be back same time again tomorrow. From Hamilton, goodbye.